You're listening to Art Speaker, the official podcast of ArtSpeak. I'm your host, Trevor St. Aubin. Every week, we converse with artists of all mediums. We talk about success, critique, challenges, and the role of the artist today. The work that I'm making, I would like for people to interact with. So whether that's touching it, whether it's walking through it, whether it's just stopping to read, like, a paragraph about like what is going on with this artwork um so it's an investment and it's hard to take the time especially in our busy culture to actually stop and look and listen um. oh my gosh everybody you just heard from abby ogle and she is a maker of all things she, <laughs> she's doing the intro with me this is a first um how did you feel like the conversation went it was really fun. Yeah. You're a great conversationalist. I thought you were really insightful. Um, I really enjoyed that you opened up about just past struggles. You also, you do work with hair, which is really cool. Uh, it's And it's kind of weird. And I love that. <laughs> um, but I was really glad, like hearing the reasons why you did that. That was really important. I thought that was really great of this conversation. So um, I think you're a very kind and generous and thoughtful person. Um, and you think a lot about your work. And this is, makes me uncomfortable because I'm looking you directly in the <laughs> eye and I've never do that for very long. But um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoy the episode. So this is Art Speaker with... Abby Ogle. Thanks. <laughs> Tom Day is joining the podcast as a hey everyone. co-host. But he, <laughs> I was, he was just like, I was like, you can talk. He's like, really? Can I, can I say something? <laughs> but... I'm going to take my glasses off, too. Yeah, it yeah. feels right. Yeah. So you were working down there. Yeah. What are you working on? I'm working on a giant embroidery that is on water-soluble material. So essentially it could... So what does that mean? It could dissolve. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I love the ephemerality of it. The fact that instead of just making something that's solid, it sort of becomes this body that's mm -hmm. sort of ghostly. In its own way. Yeah, because you, well, you, so you started doing paintings mm -hmm. and then you started like doing like embroidery sculptures. <laughs> is that it? Is that, sort or is of. that mixed media? Is that like a, uh, but I feel like mixed media is like too general yeah. of a term. Yeah. I guess when I think about the work that I've been making recently, I think fiber and installation mm -hmm. work and fiber is the word that I use because that can refer to any natural material. So yeah. paper is a fiber, but so is a used pillowcase and so is human hair. And mm. so instead of taking work or instead of using a term that just means like, like I don't know a term that means this mm -hmm. is all the things sure. <laughs> because art or at least the work I've been making, <clears throat> excuse me, has been um, sort of an outworking of mm -hmm that idea that like materials really matter. Yeah. So that though I do love to paint mm -hmm. this, the sculptures, the fiber sculptures or yeah. um, experiments because that's what it feels more like. Gotcha. So let's, let's talk about human hair for a second. <laughs> yeah, sure. <clears throat> Cause I did just watch the 10 Bundy tapes. So oh, gosh. little, little interested in what's been going <laughs> <Nice>. on. <laughs> that's, a little, that's sort of intense. Um, so how, how did that, how did that happen? You just like, yeah. Yeah. What's um, up? So it was, more, it was more of a conceptual um, thing, right? Like your choice to use the materials more conceptual. Yeah, absolutely. So 
the reason why human hair started is because I was um, searching for a way to turn art into um, something that could be a visual lament. So actually mm. using artwork as a way to process grief and loss and um, how materials could help people outside of my story be asked to come into that story mm -hmm. and um, take the time to listen and look and say like, oh, I recognize that thing. Like, or, oh, that's so beautiful. And then be repulsed by it mm. because <laughs> it's so strange to yeah. think like, oh, this is so interesting. And then realize like, ooh, but it's hair. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that started with an interest in how can I make work that's bodily, but also beautiful and something that we all have an experience with. Sure. And so I, after doing lots of research, um, because I also believe that everything is influenced by art history. So after doing some research, I found that in the Victorian era, when a loved one would die, um, families would cut a lock of their hair and turn them into these really ornate flowers or pieces of jewelry. And so families would have entire wreaths made of human hair. There were all these flowers from different family wow. members. Yeah. That's and, fascinating. Wow, right? And so essentially they'd have a hair wreath that was like a family tree. And they would also wear it as jewelry. You know, you've thought about like people who give locks of hair to their lovers or something sure. like that. And the idea becomes um, having someone with you physically even after they've gone. Right. And so that practice... Yeah, I mean, the Victorians were, or the Victorian era was obsessed with things like that, with grief. and, um, But to have that felt like such a powerful tool because, I mean, whether or not you've experienced death personally, like when someone's gone, you still feel the traces sure. left behind. So mm -hmm. like if it's someone that you are very close to that you're, uh, is your partner, like you can see their pillow is all mussed mm -hmm. up from the night before mm -hmm. or they have like you know, their clothes are on the floor or you, um, you know, you can feel their loss and see the traces that were evidence of their existence. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so that became a really important part of me to say, like, how do we remember? Sure. How do we take the time to take those traces and um, make them accessible, I guess? Mm -hmm. And so that was where the hair started. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so I, uh, it was actually my bachelor's thesis that was like the first time I ever used the hair. Mm -hmm. And um, that became a, a time of meditation and thought on the people that I had lost in a way that was remembering them and also um, creating things that allowed me to remember and then share that story with others mm -hmm. as these very specific things, which were all used pillowcases, yeah. were embroidered with different people's hair. Hmm. And so that that piece became something that let me remember those people specifically mm -hmm. that I had lost or that had suffered a great deal and to say, like, this is me remembering them by taking the time. Because hair is really hard to sew with. Sure, I can imagine. <laughs> so well, it's, it's so, like... Thin and yeah, yeah. yeah. Does, it, does it break easily? It really does. <laughs> so um, it's a lot of, and it also is like really hard to see. So every time you're threading the needle or mm. making a stitch, like it becomes this really like intense process mm -hmm. too, where you're also 
puncturing fabric over and over again. Mm -hmm. And like what a painful thing that how long, becomes how long too. was this process for you to, I mean, and I like, I guess what was like going on that kind of got you into just doing like the hair, not, I mean, from a, like you keep talking about loss and, yeah. and stuff like that. Like if you, if you don't mind, like what was, no, oh, sure. What was going on? Um, I had, um, there were a couple circumstances where people that I loved very dearly were either um, killed or um, died from medical reasons. And so, I mean, death is a part of life. Like that's what we deal with. But um, specifically like um, one of the guys that I dated in high school was killed in a car accident, mm. like oh right before I went to college. And that was something that took a lot of processing, of course, but like, how do you, how do you grapple with, losing someone who you, um, who you know deeply, but also like is your own age or even the people that, um, like I lost a family member who, um, even though medically they were, you know, doctors were like, no, they're going to die. It still doesn't make it easier sure. to say goodbye to those people. Right. And, um, <clears throat> and I think that process of losing them, but also um, realizing that it's the people that are left behind that need to remember. <laughs> so we all need each other to remind one another that a life was lived. Mm -hmm. Like it's not the sort of thing that you, like I was really frustrated because people would walk up to um, uh, the people who had died's family members and say something like, um, like ask about the family and be like, are all your kids home from Christmas for Christmas? And then it would be like, yeah, well, <laughs> mm, some of them yeah. are home for Christmas, you know, sure. like things that aren't necessarily meant to be insensitive, but are denying someone else's existence because it's too hard to talk yeah. about. And so all of that kind of overwhelms me. And I thought like, well, how, how do we help each other remember and breathe life back into the people that we've lost in a way that's healing for us as humans and um, just like, what does it mean to walk alongside someone and grieve with them, mm -hmm. but also say like, I remember, like I'm validating mm. your grief by standing here next to you. And sometimes that looks like not saying anything, um, you know, and sometimes, sometimes it looks like saying a lot, sure. but um, so those instances made me say like, can artwork do that? Mm -hmm. Like, can I, tell the people that have suffered loss even greater than me. Like I, like I'm here, I'm mm -hmm. listening. This person mattered to me and I want to come alongside you and say, I'm listening mm -hmm. to your grief as well. Mm -hmm. So that was how that yeah. all started. It's really cool. I think how art just plays such a like important role in dealing with grief. Mm. You know, like if I didn't have song, if I didn't write songs, I didn't, don't know how I could like, process right things and like and then you just like hearing your story that's like super dope you know like <laughs> just a beautiful thing to like hear and um i don't know that's really fascinating that people did that yeah back i know in the day. well i mean processing like you're mm -hmm. saying like that's so important mm -hmm. like i think we'd drown in our sorrows if we didn't share them with the people around us mm -hmm. or take on you know if there weren't people beside us that were willing to take right. on those burdens with us yeah and so I, I completely agree. Mm -hmm. Like it, <laughs> if it weren't for being able to make things, I don't know. How so, I is it, so is that, I mean, kind of dealing with the loss, is that kind of what got you 
into doing more kind of I, I don't even remember the thing you were it's like skin like what oh yeah what, yeah is that like because you went from painting and then you did did you just start only working in hair or did you just do specific pieces to kind of cope with everything yeah the hair um I would say more the like the loss aspect of things got me more into obsessive work. Gotcha. So okay. um, hair is definitely obsessive because it's so tiny and it's something that's taking a long time. Uh, yeah, I guess how, how would you define obsessive work? Um, so a lot of the work that I've been doing lately is really detailed. So whether that is the closer you get to it, you realize it's a strange material like hair or it's something that has words hidden in it or patterns that are strangely familiar but not quite what you expect to find and so that that's how I'm talking about obsessive just something that's taking an inordinate amount of time and asks the viewer to look closer hmm. um, so I think that's how, how do I define see, um, the relationship of say, your work now versus uh, maybe a painting that you look on, on the Talking wall. to the mic a little more, sorry. Um, yeah, how do, you, how, do you see, how do you see that relationship? Um, you know, how do you see your work as opposed to, like, work that you, you know, would see at, like, a museum in terms of, you know, like a painting? Uh, does that make sense? Are you asking... Like, relation, relationally with the viewer, how do you see that experience differ uh, between you know, the fiber arts that you're doing right now versus like a, a painting on canvas? Yeah. Um, I think in my mind, as far as like earlier work specifically that I did, um, I was always interested in visually inviting the viewer in. So I've, right. I've always, some a theme that's continued is that I believe art history matters. So mm. everything that I do is in conversation with something that's come before right. because there's the idea that like there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. We've yeah. <laughs> we've made all these things, but like they still talk to the things that came before them. Right. So it's important to me that things are all tied to art history um, and then visually interesting, like whether that's a lot of patterns, like I'm obsessed with patterns. Um, artists like... Uh, Sonia Delaunay and Sedu Kieta are mm. big pattern people in my life that sort of tied the um, the painting for me to the mixed media or fiber art that I've been doing. Right. Um, so I, I mean, that's where the bridge came in, I guess. With the um, with the painting, with the earlier work, that felt like more of an outworking of trying to make something um, that was compelling but in a very different way. Mm. Like I think the, I was always interested in artwork that dealt with memory, um, but the painting was more, how do you make something that's aesthetically interesting, but not necessarily jarring, right. I guess. And so now, or at least recently, um, I've been interested in things that deal with the familiar made strange um, or work that is, simultaneously desirous and repulsive repulsive um so i guess that was the difference not that it's nicer because i think it's important to be kind to our viewers <laughs> like we don't need to unnecessarily um like i don't want to be cruel to my viewer mm. but i want to say like this is a hard thing let's mm -hmm. talk about it and that's important but um and part of that was just age 
you know, when you yeah. first start out painting. Of course, <laughs> right now you're older than you've ever been, right? So sure. <laughs> even if you're... And getting older. Right. <laughs> now you're older. Right, See, there you go. <laughs> so it, the work just being something that changes yeah. as you grow and um, not to say that it wasn't valid, or the, but you couldn't have made different work then. So it mm -hmm. just right. becomes a different conversation. I think. How, how, um, how do you define success for yourself? Well, success is such a strange mm -hmm. thing. Um, That's why I like asking that question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, I think a level of honesty plays into success for me. So, um, if my work is something that is telling a story, and is generous to the person that's viewing it and is it is interesting that feels successful to me but if we're talking about like career success that feels like a much harder question to ask because um i mean over the last few months i've been able to travel and make art and be in different places and meet so many amazing artists at residencies and that has felt successful but it's not like like I feel like some people when they say, are you successful? They're asking like, how much money do you make? <laughs> mm -hmm. So like, I mean, it's such a strange question because I, I feel like, I feel like all of this is such a gift. So that feels successful, mm -hmm. but it's such a strange way to say like, well, it's successful to me, but I'm not sure. sure. Like I'm not going to be on Forbes magazine or anything. Sure. So. Not, not yet. <laughs> well, not yet. Give it a couple years. Yeah. You're too kind. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> We'll yeah, see, you, I guess. Um, <laughs> how do you feel um, received in this Indianapolis community? Because you're from Alabama, right? And like coming to this new um, new state, new city, um, how has that experience been for you? Um, how long have you been here? Um, uh, since last June. Okay, got mm -hmm. you. Yeah, so. Yeah. So a year. year. Wow. <laughs> I know, it's Hello. crazy. It's crazy. Um, I feel being here has been really amazing. Like it was strange coming um, into the Harrison Center originally because there are a lot of painters here and they make incredible work. Um, and I, but I felt kind of out of step because I'm doing this thing. Like right. my people were like, "Oh, you're the girl that embroiders with hair," and I was like, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, that's all I am to you," <laughs> <I know. laughs> which is fine. Like okay, yeah. like that's it's pretty cool. Um, but so that was kind of strange at first to be like when like you ask about success, like when people are having shows and selling thousands of dollars, like if I have a show, I'm not actually trying to sell things. I'm trying to start a conversation mm -hmm. and that might sound like a cop out. Um, but my intent is very different. Mm. Um, I think, and not to say that the other artists here aren't sure. doing that, yeah. but it, like it just felt like a different thing that I was coming to. Um, but the community has been great. I found so many <laughs> incredible people here and to be a part of the conversation that mm -hmm. goes on here is amazing. And, um, actually have gotten to work in some of the neighborhoods around here, which has been such a gift to yeah. hear stories and, um, to get to be a part of those communities in ways I never would have expected as someone who is not familiar with the community. So to come in and try to be really humble and say, teach me because yeah. I, I don't know Indianapolis. So, um, please share every, sure. every bit of your story. Yeah. That is you're it, willing is it to hard be. for you to stay humble? 
That sounds like a dumb question, but like maybe <laughs> no. it's, I'm just asking because like it's hard for me to stay humble yeah. and like like receive mm. feedback because I can learn from everybody, even yeah. if they're like way worse of uh, creative <laughs> than I am, sure. you know, which is it's subjective. But sure, is it is that a chat? Was that a challenge for you? Um, I I think it. I mean, I guess a, a challenge is a good word for it because it's it's easy for all of us, I think, to be prideful to come into a situation and be like, oh, well, I've had this much training and here I am. Like, I care what you have to say, but I think I know what's ultimately sure. right. Um, I, I feel like as a deeply curious person that um, personally that's not something that's been too difficult just because like if you genuinely don't know about mm -hmm. a place, like sometimes you're like, oh, I'm so tired of hearing <laughs> about all of these things. But I genuinely didn't know. And mm -hmm. so I was genuinely interested in what people had to say about these things. And um, I do think that we can all learn so much from everyone, even if it is someone that you're like, mm, <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I don't know that that part felt hard. Maybe learning to stay humble with um, criticism about how you're going about artwork, it's, that's harder for me. Um, but certainly trying to be open to lots of different things. Because I think if it's the people who are willing to speak into your life, whether or not they're right, that'll change you. And that's really an important part of being a maker mm. is to actually listen. Because I think we're really bad at listening as humans. Yeah. So even to just take the time to say like, to not formulate a response and to actually just like sit and hear what the person has to say, whether it's creative or about being human or just something that they're saying to you offhandedly is important. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's all hard, but sure. it's, <laughs> to be human is hard. Sure, right? <laughs> absolutely. No, you're totally right. Um, how, so how does, the, the role of critique like work in your field. Cause I don't, I don't see, I mean, not that people don't have valid opinions, but like what you're doing, I don't see a lot of, sure. you know? So like, how does that, how does it work itself out? Um, I feel like I invite people into conversation. So things like art speaker really helpful because that can start a conversation that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, to invite people in because a big part of my work is asking people to be involved. Like it's an investment. You can walk by a piece of art and look at it in five seconds and then walk away and forget about it. But the work that I'm making, I would like for people to interact with. So whether that's touching it, whether it's walking through it, whether it's just stopping to read like a paragraph about like, what is going on with this artwork? Um, so it's an investment. And it's hard to take the time, especially in our busy culture, to actually stop and look and listen. Um, so critique, I feel like, often happens more like th there's some sort of invitation. So whether that's, I mean, social media has been an interesting platform for that to say, like, what what do you think about this? Or, like, what does this make you think of? But that's a very small um, way of talking about it. I feel like it happens more as a um, as a conversation so whether you are in the gallery with someone or working on a piece and just talking to someone about it and then saying like asking a question in return. So you might say, this is my work, but like it's important to me to hear what you have to say about it mm -hmm. because we all bring our own associations to our work. It's not like 
you just show up and all think the same thing. Um, so whether that's me inviting other artists or non-artists to come actually have a conversation in a more intimate setting mm -hmm. that I feel like is more what happens with critique um, or conversations that are off the wall. So like First Friday has been a good tool for that as well um, to go around to studios and say like, I find this really fascinating. Would you mind telling me about it? Mm -hmm. And genuinely caring what they have to say. So um, I don't know, it comes in a couple different forms, but it is interesting when you're not in a academic setting yeah. where critiques are um, consistently happening. Um, at the residencies I've attended lately, critique has been um, easier to come by because it's sort of like grad school, but without the pressure of classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so um, you're surrounded by artists who are interested in your work and glad to have conversations about it. So I think it's pretty organic, um, but it's willing, like I'm willing to seek out spaces to say like, hey, will you please give me feedback on this? Because I think if you're making art and just keeping it to yourself and not actually talking to other people, you miss out on mm -hmm. a lot of really important things. Yeah, so. for sure. <coughs> Sorry. You're good. I had a little bit of a, um, a cough. Um, are you excited for Thursday? Yeah. I'm, really, I'm like super stoked. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like this in itself is exciting, yeah. but like Thursday's going to be wild. Mm -hmm. I know. It's gonna, I'm just excited for you to like just do your thing and like throw everything up there. And Yeah. We're yeah, bringing all kinds of art on Thursday. Super cool. So it's going to be a little bit of a different art speak. Yeah. 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 I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like this one's going to be especially big or, uh, you know, I could be wrong, but most likely will be one because your work's awesome. And I think a lot of <laughs> you, you, you've built a following within this year, which is great. But also we did that Indievolved uh, event at the library. Yeah, which is awesome. We got a huge like email list uh, and a lot of people like seemed really interested. Um, That's fantastic. In what we are and what we do. So mm -hmm. it's exciting. Our yeah. speak is amazing. Yeah, so you'll probably get some newcomers. Yeah, so, so far. Sweet. Oh, and also I wanted to tell you, I was going to bring... Um, some fun Abby Ogle original things to like give away at the event. Really? So, yeah. They Ooh. will <laughs> so get some fun stuff. That's exciting. Yeah. We'll have to. It's going to be crazy. We'll promote that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, are, so is your whole family in Alabama? Uh, no. So I, I mean, I grew up around the South. My family, my parents live in Alabama now, um, but I have siblings at college in different places and, one uh, who's in the Marine Corps and, you know, th everybody's all over the place. So Yeah, okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's cool. It's just the home base, I mm -hmm. guess. Are you the only, like, artist? I am. Yeah. Is mm -hmm. that, how did, how did that work out, like, within your family? It was, um, it was actually really amazing. Um, I have parents who are really generous and um, uh, always encouraged me. Like they let me paint on the walls and stuff in my room. Oh, that's so, so cool. <laughs> yeah, which of course I didn't particularly start making things actively until I was um, 13 or 14. Okay. Um, and then really got into, um, yeah, so that's when I started painting was when I was 13, I think. And then just sort of kept going from there. So like they let me paint my walls. Like I painted my sister to match a wall one time really? and had a whole photo shoot. So like my, my sister, That's so cool. yeah, she would always be up for some kind of crazy, bizarre yeah. thing. I was like, we're painting you today. Yeah. Okay. What, what does she do now? She is a, she's going to be a sophomore in college. Cool. So 
Yeah, she's she's a dancer, which okay. is really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's my whole family's really hilarious. So I'm the only one that like didn't get that gene. Yeah. So like I got art though. So yeah. that's nice. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, not yeah, as funny. That's fun. <laughs> um, so talk about like your process of like making the leap into just like, I'm going to be an artist. Yeah. You know, cause I think that's scary for a lot of people. Totally. Well, it was for me even like I, I went to a small liberal arts college, um, covenant college in Lookout Mountain in Georgia. And um, it was kind of hilarious because I remember freshman year I went in as an art major. Like I was like, I love art more than anything else. I can't not be an art major. Um, And just watching myself change and realize that art history was so important, that visual culture mattered so much to our lives as humans, whether or not people realize it, like you're impacted by visual culture, like everything Mm -hmm. that you see, every Instagram post that you touch with your finger, like it's doing something to you. And, um, I just, I, I think I realized in my senior year when I started with the fibers, honestly, I realized that I was made to be a maker. Like I couldn't deny that anymore. It wasn't just, uh, oh, well, I'm going to do this because this is my favorite thing to do mm-hmm. anymore. It became this, I'm so compelled beyond anything else to be making this and actually feeling like for me to not be making these pieces would be denying something really important, mm. whether that's the conversations that are had or the processing that you can do alongside someone mm-hmm. or just just realizing that it wasn't just a matter of like flippancy. It wasn't just a, I'm good at art. So, (laughs) um, so I had a, I graduated with a 2d and a 3d major, um, cause I just filled up the whole schedule with art (laughs) and just, um, yeah, it felt like there was nothing, there was nothing else I could do, um, because I, I needed to be making art and um that's it's a scary thing because you see all this stuff that's like oh well you're going to be a starving artist or you know you talk to somebody and they're like really you're an artist mm, like so what I'm does a, that mean like, you went to like art a, school <laughs> so what are you gonna do with that right yeah it's like a fa- like a mask yep. that people wear they love it smiling on the it's outside so disgusting inside, they're like this yeah so understand. like public service announcement don't ask an artist what they're gonna do with yeah. that because that's so frustrating but um Art. art you're like so hello <laughs> yeah. which is okay if do you art. don't just do yeah art. which is like funny you, it's like yo so you're a journalism major what are you gonna do with that i'm gonna be a journalist <laughs> oh, so what do you think i'm gonna be yeah you know? <laughs> I, I don't know very strange yeah um yeah so i mean i i don't like it's not wrong to be an artist and do something else like that's okay like maybe making for you looks like making beautiful dinner or curating your outfit or your instagram Mm -hmm. like there are things we do every day that make us makers um but for me it looked like like i sat down and thought like how do i pursue being a maker in a way that is um that allows me to make allows me to be in conversation with others and um continues to be whether it's in critique or showing with other people because unless you're specifically doing things like your work isn't going to be seen right and so I didn't know anybody who had gone to college to be an artist that didn't teach Mm. or didn't um 
you know, like sell paintings. So I was kind of like, oh, I don't really know what to do next. Um, but I sat down and just Googled a ton of things and found different shows that I could apply for that would be like national juried exhibitions or just shows at different galleries. And I applied to all, like as many as I could that I knew like, okay, well, we'll see. And so I got, that was while I was still in college and you get a lot of rejection letters. Like that's a, that's a given, but it's the ones, you know, the one yes that you get. That's like, all right, like, okay, that's a step. That's a cool thing. Mm -hmm. It's got this one. Yes. And that's exciting. Um, and then when I graduated from college, uh, I did the same thing with residencies. I thought, how, how do I be a maker and do this thing? Um, outside of college and continue making with a space to make and people to talk to and critique to be had. Um, and so I started applying for things and, um, I was awarded a fellowship at the Harrison center, which was fantastic to be in Indy, call mm-hmm. it at home base. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What were you, did, were you like, Oh, sweet Indy. Were you like, have you, have you been here before? No. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I actually came for a 48 hour residency in November of 2000, 17, I think. Okay. And, um, met Joanna Taft, made artwork for, um, the Harrison center. And yeah, they were like, they're good people. Yeah. They were like, we want you to come back. And I was like, okay, what that means, but great. And then, (laughs) and then they were like, Hey, we really, we actually do want you to come Mm -hmm. back. And so made that possible. And that was amazing. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, have still called Indie Home Base, but have traveled, like I'm saying, a lot of applications, a lot of rejections, mm-hmm. but the couple <laughs> that say yes that are like, awesome, because those are pivotal moments in your mm-hmm. career to say like, take it. Uh, for me, it's been like a take it one day at a time because you don't, I don't know how to do this, but I think um, if you're actively, or at least for me, if if I'm actively seeking out opportunities and taking chances like mm-hmm. it's takes a lot of organization but it's worthwhile mm-hmm. it's, it's been everything that I've done has been amazing um and of course that doesn't mean it has been easy sure <laughs> but I'm really grateful so for yeah talk about talk about the grind a little bit like <laughs> okay. the day-to-day because I think it's like most people see the artist's end product and they're yeah. like oh it'd be so cool to be an artist right <laughs> and then you're like you don't see that like no. oh I ate tuna for the last two months <laughs> oh God. to make that, you know? Yeah. I think you'd turn into a cat if you did mm-hmm. that, but um, see, that was a joke. Yeah, that that was was funny. <laughs> you got a little funny gene. You're oh all right. dear. Um, I, I feel like the way that I describe my life it, or what it would look like from the outside is hours of boredom, but moments of sheer brilliance. Mm. So I do a lot of sitting and working, um, so like with the hair, like I did a piece that's like maybe 14 inches in diameter and it took me like 118 hours. So like you're kind of like, oh, that's, that's, crazy. that's a lot of time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course it, it's helpful for me because it's meditative or processing or, you know. <laughs> Have you ever like fallen asleep? <laughs> you're just like. Yes. I fall asleep at my sewing really? machine sometimes. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's a dangerous game. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so the grind, I am simultaneously a creative, but also a very organized person. So I like left and right. Plane. You are like, that's like <laughs> the gift. It's 
that's it's the gift. You're the double threat. I am so grateful. Like yeah. I, there had to be one thing. Like Tom, I'm so glad. Take notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah <laughs> oh, so that's really helpful um, because a lot of it is um, like when it comes to applying to things, like it does take funding to apply to things. Sure. Like things cost money, but also you have to find the things. Like you have to know when things are due, which is crazy because that means that sometimes I'm applying for like 10 things a month. And you know, that is crazy to be like actually meeting deadlines. And when you apply for things, it's like writing for a grant or Mm -hmm. like you're asking people to invest in you. And so that is a whole thing. Like you have to be able to sit down and articulate what you're saying and you have to be willing to ask people for things like, and asking is really hard sometimes. Um, whether that's asking for a, um, a recommendation letter or even just saying like, Hey, I'm a worthwhile investment. Mm -hmm. Please, um, please consider this. Um, so that is a big part of it. A lot of writing, a lot of keeping track of different, um, applications and things like that. And, uh, also research, like, like I was saying earlier, your work doesn't just like magically happen. You're not like (laughs) the whole idea of someone like sitting in a dark room Mm -hmm. with a candle and being like, Oh, the idea I've finally understand. Like that doesn't really happen. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I think sometimes there are those moments, but it's like you reach that moment after days, months, years of preparation, like everything that you read, everything that you look at, everything that you're drawing or, you know, just working on, whether it feels like it's finished or not, becomes a page in the book that is the next thing, you know? So, um, there's never something that's like, I've arrived. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's always just continuing the conversation. Um, So grind looks a lot like that. A lot of hours at the sewing machine or in front of a piece of fabric or having conversations or reading things or listening to things. So it just sort of piles up. But, um, and then there's cool moments like art speak or Mm -hmm. (laughs) like having a show. So yeah, yeah, for sure. What are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? I think... I think one of the biggest challenges for me is um, the idea of um, Amanda Palmer and Neil Gaiman talk about the fraud police. And they're two of my favorite artists, makers, writers. Amanda Palmer's like so dope. She's freaking amazing. Didn't she like couch surf and... Oh yeah. Play, yeah. You should read her book, listen to her book. Like she oh, will just change little, your life. I would love to read her book. It's, it's called the art she, of asking. It's yeah. well worth it. Um, mm. yeah, she's, so she was in a band actually taking notes at this point. Yeah. No, she's amazing. Wasn't she in a band? Or yeah, she was in a band was called, called the Dresden dolls. Yep. And then she now is her own thing. I'm actually a patron of hers. Great. Yeah, she's freaking awesome. Yeah. Support other artists. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Um, definitely worthwhile read, but like, so I've been reading a lot of her work and, um, that's been super helpful because I think, uh, this idea of the fraud police or like imposter syndrome is something that I deal with. The idea that like, I'm here and I'm just going to keep showing up until they tell me to go home sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. because like, why would they give me a chance? Like, why would they let me have a show like this? Like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know, in my mind, I'm like, 
I'm 23. I'm just a kid, you know? (laughs) One of the, I always, I feel like I share this story all the time, but (laughs) I listened to a Paul McCartney interview and he has the same exact thing. (laughs) And you're, and like from the outside looking in, you're like, tell me, you're like Paul McCartney. Like, you know that? (laughs) Uh, But I, I talked to a guy named Josh Johnson, who's on the podcast. He's a comedian. And he's just like, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. He's just like, but like, um, to you, Paul McCartney is Paul McCartney, but right. to Paul McCartney, Paul McCartney is you. And I was mm-hmm. just like, it just like what? blew my mind. I was like, shut up, <laughs> dude. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. So encouraging. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, it's not just, it's not just me. Like it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, that's, you were asking me if it was hard to be humble, but I think it's hard to not be selfish. Oh, like, for sure. Like I, to make work that is actually trying to look out and heal the people around you and not just being like, this is my sad story. And you know, it's not just about me. It's the fact that we're all together in this. So, um, what do you think that balance is, um, creating work, um, for somebody else versus creating work, um, in reflection of yourself or mm -hmm. about yourself? Um, I feel like balance is not the word I would use because balance makes me think that it'd be like 50, 50 evenly, like right. half of this right. is for me and half of this or someone else. Um, uh, so I guess it'd be like, um, one of my beloved, like prof- percentage of, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of my beloved professors one time said, give your reasonable best. And so that meant like, sometimes you give 80% of yourself to something and 20% to the rest of something, you know, of something mm-hmm. else. Um, and so that idea of like, sometimes you make work that um, is completely for one person and maybe it's just for them and there's a small part of it that's you, but other times you make something that's all for your own sake and turns out it can help someone else, you know? Um, So I I think it kind of depends on the piece because, um, I mean, hopefully it does both things where, where you believe, because I think if you don't believe in what you make, no one else is going to believe in what mm-hmm. you make. Right. Right. So, um, to actually genuinely, I mean, if you are walking alongside someone and saying like, I want to share this with you, or I want to carry your, the weight of your burden as well. Like that becomes maybe more about them, but helps you process as well. So sure. I don't know what the uh, what the exact percentage would be, but just to to be willing to be selfless in those moments, and but also to believe and mm. put yourself into something sure. feels relevant. Mm. I don't know if that answers no, that. Definitely at all. good. Yeah, definitely <laughs> good answer. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were gonna ask something else. I'm not used to this whole co-host thing. Sorry, <laughs> kind of cramping my style yeah, a little I'm bit. Sorry, I'm sorry. Don't really know. Um, when so when you're when you're like approaching your work, are you are you very like? I guess how free spirited are you in it? Are you are you very? This is what I'm gonna do, and it's gonna be exactly that. Or like, I have this idea. And then I'm going to kind of just wing it. (laughs) Um, A little bit of both, I guess. Um, I guess I believe more in the idea that whenever you make something, it it will always change. (laughs) Like as you're working on it or as you're growing with it, it will change. Um, 
I personally enjoy making more organic work than just, you know, rigidly being like, here, I have mapped out all of the things. Yeah. Um, usually I have a, a process of drawing lots and lots of versions of something before I make it. So that would mean like at least nailing down what, like when someone views it, what verbs would come to mind or what mm -hmm. verbs I hope to convey or what, um, what the feeling is to be like whenever someone enters into that space or what. And so that way I can say, no, ex like I want these things to be a part of this piece. Um, and portray those things. And of course <laughs> it's not until other people walk through it or mm -hmm. experience it that you're like, okay, that worked or no, it didn't. Sure. Um, but that way I can articulate what it is that I'm making and also have a finished, like an idea for where it's going. Um, now some things are more fluid than others, like the giant embroidery I'm working on. It, I just would love for it to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and like cover houses mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> um, but there's another piece that will be in my show um, in July that's a silk dress, a nine-foot silk dress that's all embroidered with human hair so that mm. it's super taboo because when you walk underneath it, you're invited to walk underneath it. But when you look up, which is also like, you don't look up dresses, come sure. on. It's all completely hairy. Really? So it's like this really bizarre. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. So like that, I knew... Like I drew all that out and mm -hmm. was like, this is what it's going to be. I know how this is going to go. And I followed through with that. So it goes both ways. Like maybe it's not like I know exactly where every stitch is going to be. But as a feeling, as the experience goes, there are specific things that I'm meeting. Mm -hmm. What do you think the role of the artist is today? I think there are a couple. I think... Sometimes you can only pick one. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm like, okay. <laughs> I was like, my role or other? Because I think some artists are healers. So like social healers, someone who is bringing conversations to light or saying like, hello, we're working together with this or like, this is an important conversation you need to be a part of. But other people are social critics, right? It's funny or it's hard hitting mm -hmm. and you're like, ouch, that was painful to deal with. Um, and... Um, but these aren't my ideas. It's just a, a book. I feel like it was called, um, I don't actually remember who it was and I apologize for that, but, um, I, I feel like we are spokespeople in a sense for our culture. Like if you, if you look at the art that's being made, it's not arbitrary it's usually something in relation to what's happening, whether it's on an individual level or a shared experience, mm -hmm. right? So um, sometimes I think it looks really prophetic and others I think it looks, other times I think it looks um, more conversational mm -hmm. um, or humorous. Uh, so I don't know, Com conversationalist. Sure, yeah. <laughs> As a broad um, I don't know, critic, conversationalist, healer. That's, that's what comes to mind. Mm. But I mean, there's so many different kinds of art that it's kind of like, we're all doing something slightly different, Sure. but conversing in some sense. Yeah. What did you say, Tom? Do you remember what you said? 
Probably some no, BS. I honestly don't. He's made probably, it up. Yeah, probably some BS. Definitely. Probably just like some cool rapper said something. We're like, yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. I'm reading it off my phone. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, Kanye says that. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Um, so we generally end with a speed round. Ooh, okay. okay. Oh, was there anything else fast. you wanted to talk about? We could totally mm-hmm. talk about whatever. Uh, well, I'm enjoying myself. I, okay. Whatever you guys are feeling. No, I mean, we just, it's... um. Let's keep with the time. It, it is the it's a speed round. I feel like there should be a sound effect. It's like, yeah, we uh, we can do post edit. Oh, okay. Um, so these are just like silly questions. So just the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, okay. This is like nothing deep. You Ooh. know. So the first question: What is the meaning of life? Wait, really? I'm kidding. Oh, no, okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> That's no, what? <laughs> That's kidding. nothing that you no, just. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. Um, just the first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Um. Okay, ready? Okay. So what is the last meal you would eat before you die? Like last meal on earth. Yeah, probably like all the gelato in Italy. Mm. Just just to eat it all. Steal it from everyone else. I like that. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite word? Oh. Flabbergasted is the first one that's coming to mind. Uh, What's your least favorite word? Mm. I don't know. Uh, philanthropy. Sure, why not? <laughs> you don't like philanthropy? No, I do. <laughs> I can't think of a word that I really don't like. Uh, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh, um, when people are act like you can't understand, like when they talk down to you. Mm. Like when they're really haughty and like, oh, you poor, you poor thing. Mm. All right. Artists. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I don't um, know if you know. Yeah. Okay, so if you can consume one artist for the rest of your life, who would it be? And like make art like them or no, just like eat them? Yeah, if you understand. could eat absorb. Like or just consume. Like I, yeah, I don't know I how to like, like any So mm. like <laughs> if I could only listen to one artist, it would be this artist. Oh, like so a like, musical artist? No, no, no. I, I, I don't know another uh, I, I this has happened multiple times, but like if you could only Mm-hmm. Like oh, watch, oh, consu- oh, listen, yes. observe yes, 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 yes. one art. Observe, maybe observe. Oh, okay, the, well, is there a better word for that? Regina Spector is m- oh, okay. the love of like she, her work. Actually, like made me be an artist okay. um, in so many different ways. So I think musical artist her, but like, fun, uh, if we're talking about like contemporary artists, it'd probably be Doris Salcedo. Okay. And Everything else, Amanda Palmer. <laughs> so that's um, not just one, but <laughs> if you could be one person for a day, who would it be? Amanda Palmer. All right. If they made a movie about you, who would it, who would you be? Or sorry, like who would, who would play you be? Me? Who would be your actor? Um, I people tell me I look like Greta Gerwig. I just don't know who that is. <laughs> She's in Francis Ha, but I don't know. I don't particularly okay. see it. I don't know. Um, who would the antagonist be? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, mm, that's such a strange question. Like the actor. I, yeah. Um, I, my go-to is William Defoe. Really? He just looks <laughs> kind of like looks a, scary. Yeah. <laughs> looks like an antagonist. Um, Sure, we can go with Willem Dafoe. Okay. Uh, who would the love interest be? Oh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I haven't heard that one. What's the last <laughs> thing you listened to? 
Uh, Francis and the Lights. Okay. What is the first thing you'd buy if you won the lottery? I'd probably start my own residency. Mm. So I don't know that that counts, but I'd buy that. (laughs) All right. Where is the last place you would live? Uh, Like, like where you die? Where, where's the place you would live where you would die? Oh, oh, oh. Um, probably like Helena, Montana. Or oh, cool. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I love Montana. I've never been there. I've heard beautiful things it's about it. Life changing. Yeah, I actually. There's a lot of places I, I wouldn't mind dying. I have a friend that just moved there, and I need to just go visit. Please there. do. What's it's the yeah. state Wonderful. capital? Oh, is it Montana? I'm thinking Helena. Or, not Helena. No, I'm thinking of a different place then. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Never mind. I do not Hil- know. Hillary's uncle like has a place there. Oh, cool. <laughs> but I can't think of it right now. <laughs> it's what, gorgeous. Yeah. What are you, what are you doing? <laughs> cool. All right, that was weird. Tom, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Um, I'm on Instagram most frequently. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but Instagram is at Abby Ogle. And so that's the... You got it, too. You yeah, got the name. That's, that's so me. Nice. It is. And I also have a website, which is aogleart at... Or just dot com. Okay. <laughs> I almost told you my email. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also do that. Yeah, but. Do. <laughs> um, and then promote. You have some stuff coming up. Yeah. I have a show in the Harrison Gallery at the Harrison Center, which is the main gallery. No pun intended, Goals. right? I know, right? Do you get it? <laughs> it's Hair- crazy. Harrison. It's hilarious. Shoot. I should be a comedian. You should be. What happened? I thought you were. No. I, I, <laughs> you just sang like a died. rock star. Oh. The dream died. <laughs> yeah. So Harrison Gallery, um, July 5th is going to be first Friday. It's going to be crazy. I'm psyched. I am too. That's coming up so soon too. I know. It's crazy. The timing. It's beautiful. Yeah. I know. It's perfect yeah. with Artspeak. Um, yeah. And this will air not this week, but the next week. Awesome. So it'll be like right before that. So, hey, go to the Super. Harrison Center. Um, Abby, Please can you do. tell, we always end the podcast yeah. and I always ask the artists to just tell people to go do art. So could you tell them to do that? Yeah. Go do art, guys. Go do it. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> funny. Thanks, Tom. Sure. Probably never Thank you guys have so you back much. On again. This was so, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Hey, thanks so much for listening to Art Speaker. If you want to find out more about us and Art Speak, go to artspeak.co. You can find out everything you need to know.